It's never been about the things that you stop doing or do. It's about an experience of abundance. It's about knowing that there is a God and he cares for, for me. And, and when Elisha tells Naaman, go in peace. Hi everyone, it's Kelvin again. Welcome to another message from Elevate Retake. Excited to be part of this Bible journey with you. Today on the podcast, we've got the latest message entitled, There is a God. It's another message in the series, Radical Faith on the Life of Elisha. Pastor Reuben will be joining us today, and he will be diving into the story of Naaman and how he was healed and how God performed a miracle in his life. There is a God. A question we'd like for you to ponder as you listen to the message is, where have you seen God this week? Here's the message. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. My name is Ruben, and I'm originally from Peru. Uh, I moved here to the U.S. In, back in 2014. Uh, I love swimming. I love podcasting. I love doing video productions, photography. I've been married to Cassie. This is my better half right here. And she can, you can stand up. It's fine. Uh, you can say hi to her. She's right there. Say hi, Cassie. Um, we've been married for six years, and we have a beautiful dog named Nala. She looks beautiful, but she can be a handful sometimes. You know how dogs are, so, you know. And we love the outdoors. We love running. We love pizza. Cassie's really good at making pizza. And sometime I'm going to invite one of you at a time, I guess, and you're going to experience that because I can, she'll have a hard time if I invite all of you at the same time. And I wanted to share a little bit about me because we just moved to Keene five months ago. And right now, I am the pastor for media and communications in this church. And I love media. I love communications. I love technology. But I love God. I love Jesus. And Jesus is powerful. And now technology always has a, a good reach for people to get to know uh, our loving Father. And today, we're going to talk about uh, radical faith, because that's the topic. That's what we're, we're talking about this, during these weeks. And I thank Pastor Michael and, and uh, for the opportunity of being here. You were not supposed to be here, by the way, uh, but you're here, and that's okay. Uh, we're not going to talk about you, and I'm going to have to scratch some parts of my sermon here. Uh, but the title of today's sermon is, There is a God. There is a God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that there is a God? Raise your hand. If you believe that there is a God, and that's awesome. But sometimes we don't think that there is a God. Sometimes we feel that he's hard to find. He's as hard to find as Waldo sometimes. You know, you're struggling. And, and there, I'm sure there's a Waldo somewhere. And if you found it by now, you're awesome. But the, the question that so many people have is, where is God? Because in our pain, in our, in our, in our struggles, in our difficult times, we usually don't see God. And we let our current circumstances make us believe that there is no God. Or if He's there, He doesn't care for, for me, He doesn't care for you. But in 2 Kings chapter 5, we see the opposite. God is not hard to find. God is actually the other way around. He's relentlessly pursuing you. 
relentlessly pursuing me. And in all these chapters, 2 Kings chapter 5, you have your Bibles, we're going to find that there is a God. And you know what? In this story, we have many characters. In this story, we have many life stories. In their story, we have many perspectives, but we only have one God. And that God is loving. That God is powerful. That God is the God of abundance. It's a God that gives you the life, that gives you the love, that gives you the opportunity of you being here. Because I know your week probably has not been the best week. I know probably the grades are not the ones that you were expecting to have. I know probably you have this, uh, this uh, heart that is broken because someone rejected you, but, rejected you. But let me tell you something. God does not reject you. He loves you. And there is a God in the middle of the tribulations, in the middle of difficult times. And we're going to start now in verse number 1 of chapter 5, but let's pray. Dear God, we know that you are here. We know that you are present. We know that you are real. We know that you are giving us this opportunity of experiencing this radical faith. It's not about us, but it's about what you do through us. And in this opportunity, may the Holy Spirit keep being in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We start with uh, this introducing this character, and this is the journey of radical faith. Now we're in Second Kings chapter five, and we're going to see the story of Elisha. But first, uh, I guess this is the main character, Naaman. You know, the king of Aram had great admiration for this person. He was a commander. What was he? A commander. All right. He he had knowledge in in, in many areas. Probably he was a good person in in the in war. He was a good person with. Uh, diplomacy. He was a good person in many areas, and we're going to see that a little bit more about him in, in um, different verses ahead. And, and the story says that he was great, he was wonderful, and there's one interesting part that I, I was like really, really what surprised. God gave Naaman, king of a different, different land that was not Israel, God gave Naaman victories. And for 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to see what kind of victory he got. He got actually victory because they invaded the land of Israel. So God somehow allowed, allowed this man, Naaman, to have a victory. And the victory was against Israel. Interesting. We're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to talk about this a little bit ahead. But, but there's this word. That I highlighted and says, but he was a mighty warrior, but he suffered from something. What was he suffering from? Leprosy. You know, leprosy back in the day in Old Testament was a, a word for the, a blanket word for many, uh, many infections that affected the skin. And that was awful. And, and that was probably a little embarrassing for him. And that was probably something that he would not mention it at a dinner conversations. Hey, by the way, I have leprosy. Uh, he would not be advertising that uh, part of him. Uh, sometimes we don't advertise the parts that we feel embarrassed uh, about ourselves. Actually, if you look at your social media right now, we don't show our leprosy. We don't show the worst parts of our lives. We actually show the parts that are put together at some point. They look good, I guess. They do. With filters, we do look good. Everybody does look good with filters. But the reality is that God sees your leprosy. God sees the areas that you don't want to show. 
that part that is but. Reuben is a nice guy, but he has this. You know, and sometimes I, I, I felt a little reluctant to share in front of people, and I'll be a little vulnerable here, because I, I felt like, okay, I'm coming from a different country. Okay, it's difficult for me sometimes to pronounce different words, and it's like, ah, uh, uh, Ruben's a good guy. I, this is what I was thinking. Ruben's a good guy, but, but, but he has this, this, this thing called accent, you know, like, and I was embarrassed about that. I, I, I was a person that I would just feel ashamed of, of, of me just talking. But you know what? I see in the Bible, I see it everywhere, and I see it in this chapter. There is no but that makes you God love you less. Embrace this. Really, embrace it. There is no but. There is no leprosy. There is no addiction. There is no struggle. There is no past that you have in your life that makes you God love you less. Actually, the story starts showing that this guy had leprosy, yet God is about to make a big miracle in his life. You know, don't think about the buts of your life. Remember, God loves you as you are right now. And the story says that these raiders, which were actually part of uh, Naaman's crew, got this girl, and they got this girl and invaded Israel. And then, and, and, and then they, cat, they, they got this girl that was in Naaman's home, and, and she found out that he had leprosy. And the story says that one day this, this girl says to the mistress, Hey, I wish this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This girl has been taken captive from their home country and, and is actually in a foreign place and actually is kind of like a slave, not having freedom. And I'm going to talk about it. Not having freedom according to the eyes of the society. But this girl, this girl says, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria because I know that that prophet will heal him from his leprosy. You see, the attitude of this girl is amazing. You know, she was captive. She was exiled. But she was free because freedom in our lives does not come for the current circumstances. Freedom in our lives is not connected to whatever people think that you are. We, we were singing and we were mentioning a few minutes ago that it doesn't, it's not about what people think that you are. It's about God that tells you that your identity is the one of a son, of a daughter. You can be captive. You can be exiled according to your current circumstances. But your identity, when you believe in Jesus Christ, your identity is an identity of a person that is living with freedom. You know, another example, and it just I'm thinking about it, is Philippians uh, chapter 4. You know, we, we all love Philippians 4.13, but we, most people didn't know is that Paul was in prison while preaching and saying, hey, you know, be joyful. You know, like all things I can do through Christ who's turning to me, like that's beautiful. Do you know that he was in prison? Do you know that he was free in prison? Do you know that you can be free in the middle of the prisons that society throws at you? Do you know that you can actually experience this life in, a, in, a, in, in an abundant way that as, as Jesus intended for you, no matter your current circumstances, it is possible. It is possible. And we see it. We see God here. And in verse number four, we say, Naaman told the king that the, the, the young girl said, like, hey, this girl wanted, wants me to, to go to this prophet. And, and there was some kind of part of belief. Like, uh, Naaman believed this girl. And this girl was a witness. 
You know, you can witness wherever you are. Because you are a witness. You don't do witnessing necessarily in a behavioral way. You do witnessing because you are a witness. You are, God is working in your life. He's freeing you. He's giving you abundance. And, and then Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel said. And, and then the king says, you know what? Go. Go. I'll give you a letter of introduction. And I'll give you some good stuff. I'm going to give you a bag of goodies, you know, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and, de- and 10 sets of clothing. You go, go to the king of Israel. He will show you where the prophet is, and, and you'll be healed. You know, I was k- kind of doing some math here, and I found out that that amount of money, it's kind of like in, in today's currency, $4 million, about $4 million. Of, it's a small gift, you know, just I guess the king of Aram flexing a little bit about like how much he could give him a small, small gift. And, and he also sent a letter. And the letter said to the king of Israel, you know, uh, this is Naaman. I want you to heal him from his leprosy. And we're going to see another character entering right now. Because in verse number 7, you see that the king of Israel reads the letter and he freaks out. He starts saying, oh my goodness. Why is this happening to me? Listen, listen. Why is this happening to me? You, you, you can see in verse number 7 that the king of Israel was all about himself. And you know what? That happens to us when we are not rooted in abundance. When we are rooted in scarcity. When we think that we are the ones that need to fix our problems and nobody else needs to fix them. It's, it's about us. We are the ones. And, and when we, you can do it awesome, you feel the best person, you, you feel that you are wonderful, but when you can't do it, what happens? You, you feel like the king of Israel. You live your life with anxiety. And then he tore his clothes and he said, this man, this king is, is sending me a leper. Am I God that I can give life, I can take it away? Am I, 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 me, me, me. I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. Me, me, me. You see the language there. It's not about you, king of Israel, is what Elisha tells him pretty much. It's not about you. And, and you know what? Let me tell you, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's easy to make ourselves victims from the circumstances that are happening in our lives. It's easy. I, I've been there. I had many difficult times in my life. At some point, I guess I'll share with you, but right now we're talking about Naaman. The reality is that Elisha comes and says, opportunity. But on the other hand, king of Israel says, I'm being threatened. You know, they're seeing the same thing, but from two different perspectives. On one side, king of, king of Israel said like, oh my goodness, why is this happening to me? On the other hand, Elisha tells king of Israel, Hey man, this is wonderful. It's a great opportunity. So people will know that there's a true prophet in Israel, a.k.a. me. But you know, behind a true prophet, there is a true God. Behind a, a true witness, there's a true God. A person that is working in our lives. You know, so... These guys, king of Israel and Elisha, we're seeing the same thing. But one was seeing it as, a, oh my goodness, why me? This is a circumstance that I won't be able to endure. But Elisha was saying, you know what? This is a great opportunity. Why are you, you are so upset, king of Israel? It's not about you. 
It's about God, what God can do through you. And you know, I'm telling you the same thing today. It's not about what you're going through. It's about what God can, you, God can do through you. Do you believe that? Embrace it. Believe it by faith. It's radical faith. It's not about walking by sight. It's about, it's about knowing that your life, it's, about, it's a life of abundance. It's about a life that is connected with thriving, with developing, with growing. You're not here to just survive this semester. You're not here just to survive after you get a paycheck and then uh, you pay all your bills and then whatever is remaining and then you just do your life in autopilot. You're not here for that. You're here for more. God created you as his image because he wants his glory to be known. And in this process of his glory to be known, you are also experiencing goodness and abundance. You know, God is in the business of turning whatever you're going through for your good and for his glory. You know, those two things are the same thing. Your good and his glory are the same thing. So you, when you are doing his will, you are living in abundance. Sometimes we just think about, uh, about this and, and we think that it's, it's all about conduct. We have to change the things that we do. No. Doing God's will, it's a result of Holy Spirit living in you. And Holy Spirit living in you is a miracle. It's a miracle. He loves you as you are. We see the story that in verse number 9, uh, there's Naaman, uh, there's horses, there's chairs, there's a big entourage, there's a big, uh, big delegation. And, and I, love, I love how Elisha must have a beautiful sense of humor. I, I'm really looking forward to meeting Elisha. He's like, what are you thinking? Like, why, why do you do that to, to Naaman? And in verse number 10, we see that Naaman was going to Elisha. And Elisha probably tell uh, the, the servant, they say like, you know what? Um, you're going to tell this to Naaman. And this is what happens. In verse number 10, Elisha does not encounter Naaman personally. He just, Naaman just receives a message. And, and, and the message says like, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored. And then you will be healed of your leprosy. You know what? Naaman got really upset. He got really angry. He, he, was, he was leaving, and he was saying, you know, I thought he will certainly come out to meet me. At least, you know, I deserve that. You know, hello, I'm Naaman. Hello, I'm a commander. Hello. Like, and in this story, Elisha was commanding the commander. Interesting, huh? I expected that word. I, I highlighted it. I expected him to wave his hand. You know, I'll be a little honest with you. Like when I was reading this the first time, it was really early a couple of weeks ago. I was doing some devotionals and, and I was reading this version as, and I thought it said, I expected him to wave his wand like a magic wand. I, I was probably thinking about a different series of, of books. But I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. He expected this way. This was the only way that he could be healed. This was the only way. It had to be this way. Sometimes we do the same. Sometimes we do the same. We expect God to act in this specific way. 
literally kind of asking him, God, make this happen because it's your will. But is it really God's will? Is it your will? Just think about it. Think about it. Like, what was the last thing you asked God? And, and is it really his will or is it something you're trying to, to twist his arm a little bit? I expect it. And then he comes and, 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 and starts talking about the rivers in my, in my country are way better. Like, why I don't just go there, you know? Why do I have to go to this, like, Jordan River? I've been in Jordan River, and actually, yeah, it's a little yucky. It's, it's a little disgusting. It's, it's not a nice place, to be honest, like, to, to wash, no. And point, point, point taken, uh, and, and that's right, maybe, maybe those rivers are better, Neiman. But it's never been about what you want, right? You want to be healed, right? You want to be healed, right? And then he was about to leave. You know, he was about to leave. And, and the story would have been so different if it was not for the servants. The story would have been so different. But in verse number 13, we see that these officers, these servants in a different version, they tried to reason with him. He was mad. And they say, hey, sir, you know, the prophet is not asking something difficult. This is not that hard. Can you do it, please? And, and this tells me a little bit about Naaman. Because first, got to remember that the story starts with Naaman listening to a girl, right? And now we see that Naaman has this interaction with the servants. And they say, and the servants care for Naaman. The girl care, care, care for Naaman. And, and Naaman listened to the girl. And, and we're going to see in the story, Naaman also listens to, to the servants. So there's this healthy interaction happening. And, and I think it's cool that the, the servants of Naaman cared about him. And sometimes we don't, we don't care about what happens to our boss, right? And sometimes we want the, the worst to happen to our boss. And, and there's this like stereotype like that, we, that people hate their bosses. And, and there's even like a, a show called The Office that it's about like a boss that is annoying, right? And so, uh, being annoying in purpose, you know. And, and we always think that there's no healthy interactions between your superiors. But here we see that Naaman probably was a little proud. Naaman probably was a little thinking about himself and, and, and probably not seeing it completely, but he had something. He had something. And, and that something is a thing or it's a, a, a statement or it's a, a moment or it's, a, it's something that we need to have as well. And it's just willingness. Willingness. Being able to listen. We like talking a lot. We don't like listening. And the story says that Naaman listened to these people. He went down to the Jordan. He dipped himself seven times as, as we saw that there was the command. And the man of God instructed him that way and he did it. And what happened? His skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed. You know... I think that the work of God in Naaman's life didn't start in the moment that he interacted with Elisha re receiving this message. I think that the work that God had and, and was starting was from a long time ago. 
And sometimes when God starts a work in you, you don't see the full picture. And you start kind of like thinking, God, where are you taking me? Why is this happening to me? But the reality is that if he starts something, he'll finish it. If he starts something, he will finish it. Trust in that. Trust that he's able. Trust that there is a God in the middle of your difficult situations. And, and, and the beautiful part about this restoration uh, out of leprosy uh, from Naaman, the beautiful part that I see here is that he was not only healed, but he was actually, his skin was even better than before. Are you getting this? It's mind-blowing. It was better than before. And that is what God does in your life, in my life, when we trust the process. That is what God does in our lives. Just trust the process, believe, and know that there is a God. And, and Naaman got excited. I imagine the people were so happy. He's, he was healed from leprosy. And then they go back and they, they, go, they go back and find Elisha. And then, and then Naaman says, our, our verse of today, Naaman says, Now I know there is no God in all the world but except Israel. Now I know that there is a God. Well, we don't have to go through a miracle in order to know that there is a God. But, well, he, he got it. He, he, he sees that there is a God. And, and now, now his reaction is a reaction that most of us has. Like, now please accept a gift from your servant. Now please I need to give something in exchange. There's no way this is free. There's no way. This is too good to be true. And that's sometimes what we do with the gospel. We think the gospel is too good to be true. And we don't believe it. And we think that we need to come up with something in order for us to feel good about what we receive from God. But that's not abundance. That's a scarcity. That is trying to, trying to put a little bit more into the gospel where the gospel is perfect and pure as, as you can hear it and receive it. You don't need to do anything in exchange. Your life is just a result of you receiving God and the abundance of God. But we see Naaman, he wanted to give something. Or he wanted to do something because Elisha says, you know, I'm not going to accept any gifts. No gifts. No, no, no. I don't want any gifts. Naaman insisted. Elisha refused. And then, okay, okay, okay. At least, verse number 17, at least let me grab some land from Israel. I'm going to transport it to my land. And I'm going to build an altar. And I'm going to worship God here. He was being a little extra, you know. He, he, he really, he was trying hard. He was sincere. But he was a little extra. If you ask me, he was a little extra. He was trying to do more because he felt that he needed to. Sometimes we, we want to do more because we feel that we need to. We need to like pay back God or we feel guilty. We feel guilty for a sermon or some part of the Bible that we don't get it in the, in the context of the fullness of the gospel and, and, and the love of God. And we think that we need to do something in exchange. And, and Naaman was so worried about this. He was so worried about getting it right because now he was healed and he, he, he wanted to get it right. He wanted to do the right things. And that's okay. And he said, you know, let me do this. And also, 
uh, forgive me in advance because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be with my king, and my king worships this god named Rimon, and and this god Rimon is not Jehovah, I know, and I, he's not real, I know, but at least uh, when when my my king worships him, let, just let me be beside him, just let me do that. Can I do that? Is that okay? And he was overthinking his behavior. He was overthinking that he 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 needed to get it right. This is the core part of the story. Verse number 19 says that Elisha said, go in peace. And there's a beautiful, beautiful statement here that we actually see in the original word of go in peace. Because what I see here is that Elisha was telling Naaman, okay, man, I got it. You, you are so excited. You want to do things. You want to do things. You want, you want to get it right. But the, the reality is that God does not want you to do things. It's never been about the things that you stop doing or do. It's about an experience of abundance. It's about knowing that there is a God and he cares for, for me. And, and when Elisha tells Naaman, go in peace, what is happening here, it's beautiful. Actually, what he's saying is like, keep walking in this experience. Because it's not what you do. Elisha was not dismissing Naaman. He was not dismissing Naaman. He was saying like, oh, just go in peace, just get away from me. No, the word that is used here is walk with shalom. Walk with shalom. And we know that shalom is a word that means completeness. And we know that shalom is a word that Jews or people in the covenant use to greet each other and to say goodbye to each other. That means, hey, hey, listen to this. That means that Elisha was telling to a foreigner, Naaman, you're one of us. And you're one of us not for the things that you did. You're not one of us because of the rank that you have. You're one of us because you have been cleansed. Because you had this experience. Because you know that there is a God. And, and, and about the things that you want to do in exchange. Walk in peace, man. God will do the work. It's not about your work. I wish I could, I could, I could finish the, the sermon like in this verse. But we see an example of scarcity. In the last part of the, the story. And scarcity is kind of like a mindset that we have sometimes. When we think that receiving things is abundance. But that's fake abundance. Hesai started insulting in his mind to Naaman. And he said, like, this Aaron man, I need to get something from him. You know, so many people walk in this world and hurt other people. Wanting to get something from other people. Want to get something from you. Once they use you, then they could buy. I don't need you anymore. That's what Naaman was. Uh, that's what Gehazi was living. The, the experience of scarcity. In that moment, he was disconnected. In that moment, he was not living his true identity as a servant of God. Because he was a servant of God. We're going to see this, this in this part. He's, I need to get something from him. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Hurting people hurt people. If someone has hurt you, 
chances are, 100% chances are, that person that hurt you is also hurt. He's hurting. And, and Gehazi was not processing this. And, and he goes and, and, and says, Naaman, Naaman, give me stuff. Uh, I, I, there are some prophets that are coming. And Naaman says, okay, yes, uh, take us uh, twice as much. And yes, uh, I'll give you because... And Naaman was all about, like, I want to do things. And then they arrived to the citadel. And, and, and you know, this is fake abundance. You know why this is fake abundance? You know why this is a scarcity? Because instead of sharing it to others, he hid the gifts inside the house just to give them to himself. You know, fake abundance is just all about me gathering as much as I can. What is the last time that you wanted to gather as many, as many I don't know, things in your life. You wanted to have a bunch of zeros in your bank account. And, and just, just for yourself, just for you. That, that's not abundance. You can have many zeros in your, in your bank account and at the same time be living in this scarcity mindset. He went and hid the gifts and then th there's this confrontation and, and Elijah says, where have you been? And, and, and it kind of gives me a, 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 a flashback. I kind of go back to, to, to Genesis Where, where God says to, to Adam and Eve, where, where are you guys? You know, it's like, what is your situation? What have you done? But not for condemning you. It's like, just be aware. Like, there's a chance for redemption for you. Unfortunately, the story says that, that Gehazi doubled down in his lie. And then he said, you know, like, this is not the time to gather stuff for yourself. Because you have done this, last verse of the chapter, you and your descendants will suffer from nameless leprosy forever. We're going to see that may not be true. Spoiler alert, whoever has to preach for 2 Kings chapter 8, we see Gehazi again. You know, God is a God of mercy. You know, God is a God of second, second, second chances. You know, God is a God It's a God that gives us opportunities to, to live this experience of abundance. What Gehazi needed was just to walk in peace. What we need today, as we're closing, is to walk in peace. This experience of just receiving from God. Just take some time today. Go to a private place, your secret place. Just receive from God. Let me tell you something. Because there is a God, you can walk in peace and abundance. I believe that. And I believe that God believes in you as well. And this radical faith experience, it's never been about the gold and silver and pieces of clothing that you can bring to the table. It's been always about the faithfulness of God. Him being present and taking care of you. He did it. He's doing it. He will do it again. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Elevate Retake. Make sure to stay tuned for the Retake conversation dropping on your feed this Friday. Myself, Pastor Michael, Pastor Ruben, and another special guest will be breaking down this message and unpacking even more of the blessing from this past week's message. So you don't want to miss out on that. 
You can find us on Instagram at Elevate Retake. We'd love for you to leave us a voice message over on the Anchor app. We'd love communicating with you any way possible. You can find all this and more in the link in the description. See you next time.